0: don't know just how it happened I let down my guard Swore I'd never fall in love again But I fell hard
1: Welcome to Mondays with Millie, a podcast about the past with real relevance to the present day. I'm your host, Phil Christofaro, and in this podcast series... I interview my 90-year-old mother-in-law Doreen, who I affectionately call Millie, about her ordinary life and the extraordinary events which influenced it. Millie has witnessed first-hand some incredible things across ten decades. This is a personal history which gives us some perspective about life's triumphs and challenges
0: addicted to you, hooked on your love like a powerful drug I can't get enough of. Lost in your eyes, drowning in blue, out of control, what can I do? Midnight blows in through the window, dances round
1: Welcome to episode number 10, season 9 of Mondays with Millie. In this episode, we finish the quiz which we featured in episodes 3 and 4 of this series. We discuss alcohol, fashion, and faux pas. Please enjoy this episode of Mondays with
0: Millie. Like a powerful drug I can't get enough of
1: Right, so question moving on to question number eight. Uh this is a good <laughs> this will test the knowledge of the audience, right? So who was responsible <coughs> for the bride's ale and what was the fallout story attached to that? <coughs> oh
0: dear.
2: That was Eric, our friend Eric, who was a, a bank manager. I won't say which bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made the bride's
1: ale. And he was known for his brewing skills, right? Oh,
2: and he made wonderful wine as well. Wonderful wine. Mm. When he retired, he, well, uh, I'm jumping there early. Do you want me to tell you what happened? Well,
1: yes, there is a very um, a saucy, uh, you know, scandalous story attached to the bride's ale.
2: Well, um, his, bro- his daughter was getting married. And it's going to be a very posh wedding at the Clifton Arms in, in Lytham. And he he made this bride's ale, special bride's ale, you see. And um, his wife had invited all, uh, some of her very posh friends who belonged to a ladies' charity club um, in an uh, organisation in, in Lytham. So she'd invited these ladies to the wedding. So they had the reception and then... <clears throat> Special people, her friends, were invited back to the house afterwards. And um, Eric came, brought the bride's ale out, and he he said, What would you like? Would you like sherry or whatever? And would you like some of my bride's ale? Oh, yes, we'll try the bride's ale. Well, they liked it very much, and they had a couple of glasses, and I suppose some of them had a bit more, a drop more. Uh, And uh, it was fairly obvious that one or two of them had begun to look a bit frowsy, as he put it they looked a bit frowsy, so still with the hats on and looking a bit cockeyed you know <laughs> so he took he took two of them home in his car and by the time he got back another lady was stretched out on the settee and she stayed there all night and another lady had already been put to bed and his wife, well, she threatened divorce. And she said it, it, the following day he came round on the Sunday and he said, Sunday morning, he said, Oh John, John, you have to help me. He said, I've got to get rid, I've got to get rid of the booze, he said. I've got wine all over the place and the remains of my bride's ale. And my wife said she wants it out of the house before lunchtime. So John went with him. He said, Well, where are we going to put it? And he said, I know somewhere. So they went to the bank. He was the manager, so he had the key. And he put the, his stock of wine and bride's ale in one of the vaults <laughs> in the bank. And it stayed there for ages. And there was still some of it there when he came to retire. And when he was going to retire, he said, I've got to get rid of quite a lot of bottles of wine, really. He said, uh, and of course, he gave us some, of course, and different people. So he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, you know, the best thing to do, everyone will be saying to you in that last week, Eric, it's been a privilege to meet you and we're going to miss you, you know, and then you can say, well, have a bottle of wine, my way, wine, you know, and they'll be thrilled. And that's what he did.
1: <laughs> and that's how he <laughs> and got rid of it. And he got rid of
2: his it. wine. Yeah, he
1: did. Well, can I ask you, what is your relationship with alcohol? What, you don't
0: well,
2: well. We to begin with. I've only ever been drunk once in my life, never again, and that was the night we got engaged, and we were in Jersey on holiday. And I think John nearly changed his mind then, you know, <laughs> because the following day I said to him, "Are we still engaged?" And he went just about, <laughs> because then um, I I I thought pims. I'd never come across Pims before. And I thought you see my father was teetotal. Uh, and uh, P- I thought PIMS was like a a fancy lemonade, you know, with fruit in it. And I had I remember I did have three PIMS and I was absolutely well I wasn't calide at first. I remember I won I won the um um I forgot what it's called now. Da 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 da
1: you know. Oh, the dancing, the dancing.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and I was pretty good and finished up doing the splits. And that's when they realized I was past it because (laughs) I had to be helped up from doing the splits. And, um, anyway, Um... they took me back to the hotel, you know, and two of the ladies that were there put me to bed. We had separate rooms, put me to bed. And so the following day, I had a headache and felt pretty ghastly. But anyway, I've got the ring on my finger then. <laughs> so that was that. Mission accomplished. Now, yeah.
1: so that, yeah, that was that one that, occasion. So what, what, did, what would you well, say? Yeah, well, you see,
2: when we, t- when, we, when we took the pub, of course, I didn't drink at all. Can you imagine? And John didn't drink a lot. He, he'd. I mean, he used to drink half pints of bitter, half pints, you know. And uh, he used to make one glass last him all night just to look, let people see that his beer was fit to drink, you know, and he was drinking his own beer. Uh, so that was that. But um, he, 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 later on, of course, he, he, he joined the wine and beer circle uh, at British Aerospace and he became very good at it. Very good indeed, both making beer and wine. And that's all the things we argued about because he used to make such a mess.
1: (laughs) So, but would you say your relationship with alcohol is a, you know, distant one? Because you you have occasionally enjoyed a glass of wine, but haven't you, don't you put water in it? I water it down, yes.
2: Yeah. Water it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, occasionally now I will have just a sip of sherry. A friend comes and she particularly likes a sherry, so I can't let her drink on her own. So so Moira likes a glass of sherry. Oh, I shouldn't have named her, should I really? But anyway. <laughs> she she it doesn't it. listen to this. She doesn't listen to this. So, uh, And she comes over and she likes two glasses of wine. So I, I do have a, a tiny drop in the bottom of a glass, but that's really enough.
1: So would you say that your distant relationship with alcohol is a, one of the keys to longevity, to your longevity, you think not drinking a lot oh. has has been a key to your health.
2: Well, I, I hadn't thought about that, but they do say that two two glasses of red wine is good for you um, per week. I think that is. I'm not sure, but um, I, I, yes, I suppose so. I mean, gosh, if you drank, I think people living on their own if they're that way inclined, may tend to drink too much simply from loneliness and boredom or something. Uh, but um, my my vice is um, Werther's sweets.
1: <laughs> you did talk about that last week. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I rush myself to two and occasionally if I'm bored I have three, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look at myself and think, oh gosh, I've put weight on. In the last year, so I shouldn't be
1: eating all these sweets. <laughs> You've earned the right, I think. Yeah. All right, so question <laughs> question number nine is what was the, okay, audience, think about this, the wedding of the decade. What was the wedding of the <coughs> decade? It's probably not a hard question, especially because I'm asking it. What was the wedding of the decade? <coughs> and uh, why was it particularly special? The wedding of the decade. Millie, fill us in on well, that Well, of one. course,
2: that's Kirsten and Phil, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Kirsten yes. and Philip's wedding, yes. And uh, Why was it special? She, well, because she was in Australia and we were in England and we were the only ones that could go over at the time. And uh, she phoned me and she said um, uh, about the wedding. Cause uh, when you got engaged, she, she didn't tell me, she didn't ring up and say, Oh, we've got engaged. No, she rang up and said, um, I've, I've done something and you're going to be cross with me. And I said, Oh, what have you done? I I, I won't say what I thought she'd done. And um, she said, I've had my ears pierced. I went, Oh, for goodness sake, why did you do that? And she said, Well, I've seen a lovely pair of earrings. I want to wear them uh, when I get married. And I went, you're getting married she said yes we've got engaged (laughs) typical you know didn't announce it at first yeah you have to work your way around anyway uh she said now the problem is of course gwen that's your mum of course she wasn't well at all was she i mean she wasn't well for a few years before you got married well since you got married and she was lovely we'd met her a few times and she said, she's not fit to travel to England. And how do you feel about me getting married here? And I said, well, as long as you get married, I don't care where you get married, quite frankly, because I'd almost given up on it, you know. I mean, <laughs> I said to her, look, the wedding fund will start to dwindle in a few years if you don't get married. <laughs> so um, she said, um, well, we're... that's OK, that's fine then. you because you'll be here, won't you?" I said, of course. Of course, we'll be there, you know. But the thing is, the rest of the family won't. So, here's what we'll do. We'll split the wedding fund. And uh, there was plenty, actually, And uh, at the time. We hadn't spent a lot then. And uh, I said, we'll split the wedding fund. And you can have half of it for over there, and half for over here. And we'll have another wedding reception here. Uh, come over here for your honeymoon. We'll have another wedding reception. And we did, didn't we, at the Fernley Hotel?
1: We did. We had two but, weddings for the price of one. or yes, not for the price but of yours,
2: one. <laughs> but yours was – and, of course, after your wedding, I said to her, now, look, um, is, was there any more money needed? She said, you know, almost almost to the dollar It it lasted, almost to the dollar. So that was very good. I thought there was going to be more to be handed over, you know, but <laughs> – but it covered it so that was lovely
1: you got good value. now do you remember it's the good po- value. my follow up question for that is do you remember my you remember my <coughs> friend my welsh friend bomber who did a speech at the second reception the the uk reception <coughs> at the fernley he got up and made a best man speech can you remember what he, his opening line was
2: well i do now yes uh something like um being asked to be best man is like kissing the queen mother. A privilege, but nobody wants to do it.
1: Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that it? Yes, it was pretty much pretty much that. <laughs> yes, like and it, that, the reaction, yeah. the audience reaction was uh, mixed. Some it people, was mixed, some yeah. people, some people thought it was very funny, and others were, I would say, mildly to. Severely offended, I would say. Yeah. But um, do you
2: know something, I think the Queen Mother would have laughed <laughs> yeah, because did. she had a good sense of humour. She
1: did, she did. All right, because so she
2: did like a tipple, you
1: know. She liked she, a tipple.
2: She did like a tipple. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so the last question of the quiz comes via one of your regular listeners, a lady called Lisa Dold, and I'm thanking her for this question because it's actually she spotted a photo of you on the Mondays with Millie Facebook page. And it's a picture of you in a very lovely dress sitting on a fence. Now, you can tell us the background, a little bit of the background of that picture. But her question is, what was, in your opinion, what was the best era, your favourite era for fashion? Well, it was the 50s. It was
2: the 50s. Or even slightly. Well, it was slightly before the fifties in a way, because Christine Dior brought out the new, what they called the new look, and it was suddenly your clothes were long, um, ballerina length, full skirts. Even the coat. I always remember I had a lovely coat. It was it was a very dark chocolate brown in a velour, and it had lovely buttons on it embroidered buttons and it had a very full skirt and a what they called a highwayman's collar and i thought i was the bee's knees in that coat and that must have been uh well that must have been i would think i'd be 17 1948 when that first first began to come out Those, but through the 50s you had these full skirts and um and uh, always a ballerina type, you always had to have a, a tiered underskirt with it to make the skirt stick out, you see And yes, the clothes were lovely And then of course we had Mary Quant Mary Quant came in, which was very nice, very good um, That was in the 60s And um, of course then it was uh, tight, well you had to wear tights, Knee boots, boots up to your knees, white ones uh, And short skirts above the knees, you know And, of course, John was away for a short time working in America. And when he came home, that was in 1967, and when he came home, I'd changed my clothes. And also, I'd got this beehive hairdo. Well, he looked at me and he said, what have you done to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) But, you see, I was expecting to go and live in America. And we would have done it if my father hadn't died suddenly. So I was gearing myself up for, you know, looking American, you see. Um,
1: Going with the American look.
2: Yes, yes. He didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. No. <laughs> but the, the 50s was lovely.
1: So, would And you of use... course
2: I used to make all my own clothes. Yes. Apart from yes. coats.
1: Mm-hmm. So would would you say that in the 50s, so if you're your favourite era was the 50s, would you say that you were mostly influenced by the American? Was the American look different to the European look of the day? Oh, yes, I 50s? think
2: so. We were influenced by the French look, really. Oh, uh,
1: okay. So yeah. the French the French yeah. were still high fashion, yeah. came out of
2: France.
1: Yes, yeah. they were, yes. Mm. All right, so my follow-up question from that is... Um, do you think vanity keeps you young?
2: Well is... it keeps me busy, doesn't it? <laughs> no. I have to put my rollers in every day, every morning. <laughs> and so I have to get up that makes me get up to put my rollers in, you see. Uh, and um, the problem is now you see, of course that I really can't see very well at all. So I can't see my face properly. I can't see my skin. So I can't wear makeup like I, I used to love wearing makeup. So I don't do that now. I just put a good face cream on and uh, have a bit of a stab at lipstick. I can't even see the outline of my lips now. So it's all guesswork, you know.
1: Do but, I do, mm. Mm, but I do.
2: But I suppose I am vain, really, because it shouldn't matter, I suppose, at my age. But it does to me. And um, so every six weeks, a um, very nice young lady called Simone comes and she plucks my eyebrows for me, you know, and tidies my eyebrows up and tints them for me. So I have no grey hair showing in my eyebrows. I mean, I'm all white now, my hair, but my eyebrows. I, I dyed my hair until I was 88. <laughs> um, but anyway, she comes and does my eyebrows for me. And if I've any, any little whiskers on my chin, which unfortunately you do get when you're an old woman, she always gets rid of those for me as well. So my face feels okay. It doesn't feel very wrinkled, although I know it is. But um I just can't put I just can't put makeup on like
1: I used to. Do you think vanity is a good thing or a bad thing or a... Well Neither. I think
2: well, I suppose neither. But the point is, I—I I am vain. I've always been a bit vain. I'd never have gone out. Uh, I'd never have gone out in curlers or anything like that. I still wouldn't, you know. And you see, some women with scarves, uh, curlers in the hair, and scarves over the top. Years ago, you used to see girls going to work like that. They used to come to work in the factory with the hair in rollers and and a turban on. You know. And then they'd go in the ladies' toilet and comb the hair out. and I could never understand that. I used to get a bit windblown on the ferry and had to wear a scarf, but I'd never have gone in, in rollers, you know. And and people, I don't know. I, because I can't see very well now, and I don't go out very often because of that, uh, I, I, I suppose I am out of touch, but up to a... A couple of years ago, you know, you'd see people in the street, and you think, "There's no, there, there was, there's no sort of self-respect in a way because they just didn't dress up." You know, I mean, there are occasions when you have to dress up, aren't there?
1: Yeah, of course, absolutely, but it's different now. There's people are so much more casual about fashion, and yes, there's yes. there's so much more. Um, Well, I guess they call it street fashion, you know. But there is
2: smart casual, isn't there? Yes. You can still have smart casual.
0: I don't Mm. know just how it happened. I let down my guard. Swore I'd never fall in love again. But I fell hard. Guess I should have seen it coming me by surprise, wasn't looking where I was going, I fell into your eyes, you came into my crazy world like a cool and cleansing wave. on your love like a powerful drug I can't get enough of Can't get in the